and welcome to another episode of Three Wise DMs, the podcast for three dungeon masters who've been doing this for way too long. Talk about all the things we try to do to make our games as good as they can be. Hi, I'm Tony. I'm Chris. Blood will follow blood. Dying time is here. Damage Incorporated. Don't. Woo, yeah, huh? That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, that's, that's you know, people don't, the, the, the kids these days, they don't understand. <laughs> that was Metallica, so. Anyway, hello again, everyone. DM Dave, the Rock and Roll DM. We are going a deep dive today. We're bouncing off our last episode where we were kind of reviewing the new Avatars Legend starter set that we ran for Matt's birthday game. The What we liked, what we really didn't like, uh, and the things in between. Put it out on the socials, too. We got a lot of feedback. I even put together an article kind of last week that you guys hopefully read if you haven't go check it out all about what they do in their game with fatigue fatiguing conditions to make the the combat a little more role play a little more narratives more cinematic and what it really boils down to in any role playing game that is having combat what do hit points represent and this is a question that goes back to the original PHB they throw out these analogies about how hit points, you know, what mechanically they mean. But, you know, th- there's a lot of age-old questions. So, for example, my character Hawk, who's level 20, who has a 24 constitution, who has over 300 hit points. Can he survive direct hits from missiles? These are, <laughs> th- these are fair questions. But a more d- deep I mean, we could always say it's like how he receives the hit, how it's dodged, how he steals himself from that missile exploding near, right near him, you know, practically point blank. A question for me is you have a character who's got it's actually twofold, a character who has 300 hit points and they're reduced to, say, one hit point. One ancient problem is this character is performing at peak level, just like they were at 300 as they were at one. Yes. And is my character who is at one hit point, who is down 299, just as mortally wounded as the wizard who is ne- who's level one, who's also at one hit point, who like banged his knee into a desk? No, I think that's a big, important part of it. I mean, hit points make it easy, I think, right, to kind of keep track. Oh, I did 20 hit points here. I did 20 hit points there. But it's it's a measure of health. Not really, to your point. Like, it doesn't. A loss of hit points doesn't generally negatively affect your ability modifiers. It's a measure of luck, sure, but your luck doesn't your luck doesn't change until it runs out, maybe, but it doesn't really have a good thing. I think it it lacks that, but then you have to add some complexity to it. But you know, you add stuff like conditions or stuff to it. But it's hit points are I think they're just the easiest thing. It's easy. It's like counting apples, right? Take this many apples off, and uh, let's move on with combat, right? But I think there's a lot, but as Avatar kind of showed us and those kind of things, there's a lot more there that you can do with it where hit points kind of fall short, where it's just makes it easier for a basic combat war game system. Yeah, I um, I think this is great because when we're talking about D&D, especially like everything we talk about, it's always like people say D&D and they might mean whatever the hell system they're playing. Uh, Blades in the Dark or Call of Cthulhu, they're saying, well, we're playing D&D tonight, right? 
because it was the first. I mean, it just was. That's just how it is. And as we've talked about many times, and many people have gone over the history of D&D and the the evolution of the game from the wargaming way back in the in the early 70s that then began to transition into this idea of this role-playing game where we were taking a single person. And ideas like armor class and hit points are great mechanics just overall because, Chris, like you said, I have this many apples. I'm taking away this many apples. When I run out of apples, I'm unconscious or dead, right? And in that way, it makes sense, especially when you go back to I was doing some some of the wargaming, Napoleonics and stuff like that with Scott, the wizard Washburn at the the game uh, game group he's part of. He would set up the huge battles. Right. And and it makes sense, you know, armor class and hit points. And especially when you go into things like they had naval combat stuff where or battleship. Right. If I get hit, I can take X amount of hits until you've sunk my battleship. And that is hit points. Because the battleship is just firing and firing. It's, you know, we make the joke. I made it in the article. I hit you, you hit me, the story of D&D, right? And that is, that makes a lot of sense. When we get into the cinematic, the the big battle in the mines of Moria or the the great climactic sword fight on the ramparts of the castle, that's where it can start to fall short. And as I even said in the article, it it may, requires there's enough openness in it that you can describe it or not describe it however you want, as much or as little as you want. And that's great. But with something like the avatars thing, the, the fatigue and conditions, they baked a mechanic in that gave you some of it already within the gameplay. Uh, and Tony, I'm going to I was going to make that point, too. What's the difference between 100 hit points and one? Nothing. Just the next hit. There is nothing that I have not suffered at all. I'm almost at death's door. I'm almost unconscious. And I'm still swinging like round one. Playing Elton John. I'm still standing. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's a big part of it is these things we pull forward that make sense to us, especially if we played D&D for any length of time through additions. But when you look at it with fresh eyes or new design features, you go, well, does this really make as much sense or as much does it nurture what I'm trying to do in the game? Let's say, yeah. If you're a level one character, first Mm. edition, I think (laughs) hit points are right. Like one hit points and six hit points is like whatever when I'm walking into that dirty dungeon. But I think when you get to epic level characters, higher level characters, Stuff like that. The metrics kind of fall apart. To Tony's point, like, I mean, Hawk, besides the fact that he was like a bear totem. So it didn't even matter that he had 300 hit points because he didn't really hurt him with anything anyway. But it's difficult to turn that into something. It's difficult to make that feel visceral, right? You're just like, all right, you know, a dragon breathed on you. and He did 90, so just half that or whatever like that. And I think that the avatar system and something like that provided some boundaries where even if you're using epic level characters maybe there is a predefined level of fatigue like the battle doesn't go on forever there's conditions involved and stuff like that that can kind of flavor it there's conditions now but you know what i mean like it adds to that but i think it's we have too many we have a lot of hit points i mean 5e is i mean it was always that way but 5e is basically built on hit points right bounded accuracy is just like i just keep on adding more hit points and increase cr and stuff like that so i think it could be a little bit of that 
It's that's a, a great point. It's it's something I want to actually throw back to Tony, because uh, I feel like this is somewhat where it came from, Tony. But you can kind of elaborate it a little more because it's the first time that we're really playing with it in five E. So we had played the basic fantasy role playing system a couple times. We've talked about it, the OSR. Uh, Tone, you wrote an article about what we learned from the OSR. And one of the things that we learned was the now we were playing level one so or level two. It didn't matter. Right. You have two hit points regardless. Like you're going to die. But what we realized and what people have realized with the older editions is it start. It used to cap hit points. You could still become more powerful. You could throw more spells. You could maybe hit harder, whatever. You had magic weapons, magic abilities and spells. But you were still a human or whatever you were, some sort of humanoid creature. And you had X hit points. Like after level nine, let's say, you didn't really accrue many hit points. And Tony, in the Journey to Ragnarok game, you started to play with this where we went up to level seven normally. But then you had this concept of dip levels. And I think there was a lot to that. But was some of that that it started to cap the hit points, even though you could become more powerful and and do stuff? We are still somewhat, I wouldn't say squishy because we're still 5e, but a little fragile fragile. than a requisite (laughs) level nine character, let's say, in a normal 5e game. Is that kind of part of where that came from? Uh, To an extent. In the actual Midgar part of the game, for those of you who have not uh, looked at this or not uh, had a chance to explore uh, that realm, the first world basically takes place between levels one and seven, which is okay. That's like, dare I say, the heroic tier uh, for that game. But you there's just so much going on. And I felt the rewards were sparse and I felt this was a good uh, you know, um, like a compromise. So I let everybody, you know, dip into levels. And I, I played a, when I played Erasmus, I remember going, what I wouldn't give to like get like two dip levels. But then you're thinking like, oh no, when will I ever get that ninth level spell? You're thinking I don't, like, I don't want to miss that one thing I get at level eight for my wizard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, like 18. And so, yeah, that did tie into there. Uh, when I had, um, designed an alternate version of like the palladium system we had uh i re- reworked armor and i kind of concluded that armor should uh have a defense rating and that it should absorb damage but the more i kind of tuned this the more it's sort of like draining energy out of the the cpu processor because then it's like well how much damage can this armor take before it starts degrading and doesn't protect you as well and that's something else you're tracking so you have armor that's got armor class and then it soaks x amount of damage but then the armor itself is taking damage and then it's losing its ability to protect you and then it's like (sighs) and i think that's why we don't do that in D &D with these conditions I think that's a very valid point is that it, I mean, it's flavor adds a little bit of complexity to it when you're starting to want to track it and make it more realistic, let's say, right? Like that, like those kind of things there. But I think the cap in the levels or the cap in the, obviously it works nicely in that because we get that we did it a little bit in the further and now we're doing it there. And it's nice because you're still like, you can, you're still threatened. You can cap people at a level before they get to epic. They still get to experience something, and you're not uh, you're not completely threatened to the point where you're gonna uh, you know be TPK'd or something like that. Every other game, 
<laughs> yeah, <laughs> like ten, the, the ten what was it, ten ghosts or whatever that came out of the huts there. In uh... <laughs> oh god, that encounter was horrifying. I remember reading that. I'm like, so my players should be like around level three, and nobody's got a magic weapon. And if they go look at the lit house in the middle of this desert village, something like a dozen specters attack them. And I'm like, this is horrible. Like, that's no that's what hip boys away. represent right there, because everybody's going to die, right? Like, it's going to be like, it's going to be well tracked. It may have been more. It may have been 20. I, I got to go back and look. I've talked on many occasions, and there was one time in 36, 37 games of the Curse of Strahd campaign where I finally dropped Hawk. And it was, there was almost a time back in August. He used a steel chair. Back in Argonvolst, Holt, I almost dropped you when you guys got separated. You and Sir Scar had gotten oh, separated right. because of a trap. But you guys still pulled through and, and all of that. But it was right at the final confrontation, and it was when um, Vampire used one of his uh, abilities. You guys can go onto the website. We I put an article up where I, I gave you all the stats for what I used for the Dark Powers and Vampire in the finale. But I took some stuff from the um, Big Beautiful Book of Horrors supplement, and it was like crush will, devour mind, all this kind of like crazy stuff. And I dropped your intelligence, I think. It was after a roll. I dropped it to three or something or whatever. And you just dropped. You just done. So there was that one time. But other than that, like Hawk was, as we joke a lot with barbarians, you're, you're unkillable, you know, especially as a bear totem. But we also saw where hit points, in some ways, even in 5e, don't matter in the last Dragonlance game we just had when I a random encounter I rolled off of four Banshees coming at you guys. Two of you failed to save against the Banshee Whale, and as it's written, raw, through the Banshee, you dropped to zero. That's it. Done. You're just out. And we saw that, you know, hit points, you know, you could have... A hundred, you could have one, and you're down regardless. I wasn't expecting that. I, I'm not going to lie. But uh tell you the truth, I wasn't either because, I, you know, you, you play you play the monsters and stuff, and, and we have rolled them out before, but sometimes you're you're in the middle of it, and you're like, you read the you read the actual effect when you drop it on the person. You go, oh, oh, yes. Yeah, so uh, and you. I was even a little bit surprised, even knowing what the ability was, you know, but anyway. So let me ask, I mean, with all that in consideration, guys, so a character takes a, a scathing amount of damage. So that's relative to their level, something that makes sense, you know, you know, like, like they're a level 10 character and they've taken 70 hit points. Should there be some kind of detriment? Does that detract from the realism? What do you think? If you're using hit points as your main source of health, I would kind of feel a little bit bad than being like, oh, and by the way, you're also like muddled or something like that, even though I think that's a very apt way to think about it. Right. Like, I mean, they're very, I mean, even if you're just taking some damage, right. Like, I, I don't, I don't know. It, like there always should be some level of effects for that. Like that would be more realistic for me for health than necessarily the hit points right hit points are just this overall measure but health is like as i'm more hurt i'm less and less effective right like the more you hit me the worse i get right like it's uh so i will say there are there are definitely raw monsters in the monster manual where their hit point total will affect certain abilities whether they can go off 
Do I think it should affect the the character itself? I, I think it would add a level of realism. The problem is, is when, as we've do- discussed many times, any there's a, there can be a rule for everything. And at some point, you've now made a rule for everything. So does it detract from the realism? Maybe. But does it also add to the game not taking even longer or a combat even longer or more tracking of resources? I don't know. Unless something – and that's one of the great things when you have a system where they design it from the ground up with that concept in mind because they bake it in. I, I keep going back because it's what we just did, and it was the it was the most different that I've experienced in any role-playing game was the avatar system with the fatigue boxes and then conditions. I think something like that with conditions or something uh, added to that where you you would gain certain things the way you can gain the frightened condition or restrained in certain ways, but like when you get to a certain hit point, you gain certain conditions. I, I would be open to that possibly, but it would be something I would want to start right from. I wouldn't want to do halfway through the campaign be like, hey, so anyway, guys, what do you think about X? Oh, by the way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and for this encounter, uh, you know. No, no, that would be dirty pool. I absolutely agree. I think uh, and one mass. And the problem is also when you're doing this, it's more thing that gets tricky. And I just looked it up. It was 10 specters, but that would have been an ugly ugly encounter because you guys were like raw and all beat up when you showed up at that village it just would have been you know especially mean for me always but, adjusting the dials as we say <laughs> always adjusting the dials i can laugh about it you know nine ten eleven games later but with why i don't think i'm not necessarily for adding a status or detriments to this is because like I remember one mass combat I was a part of and I was running this during Storm King's Thunder and we were on this big Viking ship and there was a white dragon NPC that you were oh, trying yeah. to free, right? You oh, were the yeah. Chris was not here, but you were and you were I playing Roderick. And there was the Jarl there and all his giant buddies were there. I want to say twelve to fifteen frost giants. It was it was absurd because there were so many giants, you had so many NPCs who had gotten help. You know, you had the whole party. The party was big. It was like at least six, seven people. You had an NPC besides who you would the people you had teamed up uh from the the village. The point is the Jarl let loose this this blast of ice and like, I forget, I think like Thorn got hit by 74 damage and I'm like, yeah, and you got hit for 74 damage moving on. Like, and that was a wasted cinematic moment. That's my point. Like these things, like I think I would rather handle this cinematically and you add the flavor and the feel of what all this is and how it means and how it looks in your game rather than trying to do it mechanically. As as a quick aside, just because we were talking about Storm Kings, I would really love to see if you just didn't touch that at all and just ran the encounters, how they had them out. Some of those encounters, they were crushing in terms of what they threw at you. They would throw entire colonies of giant clan at you. And I'm like, what is this supposed to be? Oh, my God. Like, I mean, it makes sense because we're invading giant kin. But like, holy crap. Well, the hill giant battle, like, for example, like, imagine that battle for a moment. So you walk in there, there's a hill giant chieftain, 
she has all of her hill giants with her. There was like every creature in Noah's Ark in that battle. You had like bugbears, you had goblins, you had wolves, you had ogres, you had all this stuff. And I'm trying to like you. Oh, I was God. moving this mass yeah. battle through you know the giant's lair, and then I'm be like, well. You know, Roderick, you took a bad hit, and now you've got a limp and a rolling on that. And, like, think about how – I think that would have detracted from how that battles – like, it's it's momentum. That's a great – that was a great example, too, because I will still say I said it following that, and I think I've said it on several occasions. I remember that specific battle when we were in the, uh, the, the steading of the Hill Giant Chief. In essence, it was the update of that was one of the most engaging sessions in that entire campaign. If not in our entire like modern gaming thing, it was just everything was on all cylinders and it was just moving and tension and stuff. And yeah, did did it it, it didn't detract. We weren't like, well that could have been more realistic if I had a limp now, you know? <laughs> yeah, I was afraid you guys were gonna die. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, but I mean if you think about it, in some ways Maybe, I mean, the hit points kind of work really well from the fact that from a player perspective, like when my hit points go down, when I'm at one hit point, I, my character may be swinging great. I am sure as hell feeling it like those 70, uh, like when we fought Tiamat and you were dropping like the 90 damages there with like the, the breath weapons, like there's a visceral effect as you see your character losing that the conditions are cool and they're cool for us. Like we're DMS, like it's a cool mechanic and everything, but it should be tempered with that as I think that they, it, you know, funny enough, it really kind of does do a really kind of good job with it is that when you lose hit points, like your character may not be affected by it, but you as a player, you feel the stress and all the you know excitement and different things like that from like, you know, when you get hit for 70 hit points or 76 from a frost giant <laughs> from 12 right. giants. Yeah, yeah, you can enjoy <laughs> 76 damage. There you go. It was intense. It was intense. It's on that ship, I remember, the storm, the the, the frost giants, and I threw up, a, I think I threw up a wall of fire or something to try to save us. enormous ship. That would be a very big ship. Oh, it was big. Very big ship. Very big shoe. Very big shoe. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a lot of... Uh, you know, wheels already moving with that. Uh, I mean, I guess if you could th wanted to throw a status out that, like, you know, in those situations, perhaps you could play with the exhaustion levels because that's not too crippling. Oh. But I'm going to come back to something. Like, I really am very – I use kid gloves when it comes to stunning my players because, really, you want to piss somebody off, stun them for, <laughs> like, three rounds. Like, that's – especially in the mass battle. Like, you know, two or three rounds being stunned or God forbid you're paralyzed and you're trying to like, uh, make your save and break out of awful. that. Awful. So a lot of people, like I said, they were they were responding. Uh, there was a, a bunch of traffic uh, regarding this. You know, what do hit points represent? It was like asking about what your thoughts were on alignment almost like, I mean, you want to Touching. start a battle. I, I guess that's the second one. Ask about alignment or ask about hit points. Those are the religion and politics of D&D, &D, I guess. We don't talk about them. But the, the overall, and I want to get your guys' thoughts in terms of how you see this. So the overall thought was like, like it's an at like uh, Sebastian Rombach had had written in and he put it perfectly. He said it's an abstract of the physical condition, remaining willpower, and most importantly, a measure of morale. So it's it's all of it. It's the physical, the mental, the emotional, the, everything that's happening in the environment 
is represented in this in this just concrete hit point thing. And that takes into your your fighting ability and your agility and your armor and all these things. So how do you guys first, how do you how do you like to envision hit points yourself? And then in terms of like, because I said so much of D&D allows you to describe how it's happening. How do you describe it in that with that envision of hit points? And then also, like, how would you love to describe it ideally? Because for me, I have an idea of where I want to get with how I, I start off the whole concept of hit points and how I how I describe battles. And then there's the way that oftentimes happens, Tony, like you're saying, in the midst of a gigantic battle, you're like, OK, you take 74 damage. Moving on. I got seven more people here. Well, I mean, I feel like this kind of now we're approaching a another touchy subject, which is death. And, mm. you know, we could say like, you know, I remember playing in uh, ironically with Thorne. I was playing a knight's system where we were squires and we, I, we were in a tournament and I had been badly injured. And my attack rolls were like, I don't know what to say at minus five. And I couldn't do anything. I'm like, well, I might as well be knocked out because like, what is the point? I, I It does exist. It's floating around. I think ideally we have to look at this and I, yeah, I'm coming from first and second edition where like, you know, you can get killed by a door like in Call of Cthulhu, but that number going down means how close am I in this battle to literally the possibility of death. Now in 5e, we, we've, you've got safeguards that are much greater where like you can't be killed while you're on the ground per se that takes much more than the earlier editions but chris almost ate it in freaking heroes of of the lance like like they pulled out the football chain and measured where the ball was down and the ref's like he's still alive for one more round like it was it was tense it was ugly oh in that early battle but that damn horse that kicked me yeah, yeah when i was on the yeah. horse there yes that was, that was yeah. when I, I, I said, no, no, you can use your DM inspiration for that death save role, man. Yeah, because you would roll to one. No, for sure. And I think it, I think there's something to describing it. But, I mean, I think even a 15 hit point thing can sound a lot like the 75 hit point. I mean, you can apply that. But I think a lot of what you touched on, morale and exhaustion, things to help to, to I mean, to make the fight more than just about hit points, right? I think ultimately, I think hit points do a pretty good job for, like, box answer right they they encompass all that and they make it a simple it's a number this i have 100 hit points but in some ways like there's better ways to like you know you could exhaust yourself by swinging your sword too much or you know th those kind of things morale if like you know we often like to think like that's a good way to kind of think about with uh how you deal with monsters is that you don't want your monsters to just hang around and get slain by the heroes like sometimes if they're smart they want to get away if it gets bad or something like that so you having something like that even for the player's side where you could say like you know maybe you've lost the will to fight a little bit i know i think hit points maybe capture that a little bit but not really like i'm swinging at one hit point i'm scared right because i think somebody might hit me and i might die but uh you know or at least fall unconscious and then die possibly three rounds later, you know? Yeah, I would say, like, I, I am trying to describe it more the way that we're talking about it today. And it's something that I've been moving more and more and more towards. Uh, so my ideal would be the concept of the hit points pretty much actually. 
and this is oftentimes how it happens, when you actually look at what they wrote, whether it might be in the PHB or the Dungeon Master's Guide, if we're talking 5e, they already wrote it that way. But you know, again, we we bring so many so many things along with us, luggage and stuff from maybe previous editions or other games. But in the player's handbook, it's hit points represent a combination of physical and mental durability, the will to live and luck. Creatures with more hit points are more difficult to kill. Those with fewer hit points are more fragile. Uh, you know, it could be any number, blah, blah, blah. And then the loss of hit points has no effect on a creature's capabilities until the creature drops to zero hit points. And I think that's one of the things. So we look at hit points as like, oh, how much damage can I take before I drop? As opposed to maybe you've escaped all of this. You have 300 hit points, right? You, through your swordsmanship and your ability to dodge and hide behind things and all of this and your luck, you have escaped. Bumps and bruises, training in but, the prayers and the vitamins. Right. You have escaped the the big hits until that last hit. Boom, you finally got hit. So that 74 damage you took, that's a big thing on the sheet. But in terms of your character, it doesn't mean I took like 74 out of 100 health points that I have in that way. It's more, I finally took this hit. You know, I finally got this this one that really got in there and dropped me finally. You know, and I think that idea, I don't know if people have called it like kind of, you know, hero points or whatever it might be. But that concept of it's not really damage as much as a number representing the whole fight and what is happening. And when you finally drop, you might have taken a couple hits, but it's that it's that big one. Boom. Oh, God, I'm knocked out. Whatever it might be. But, you know, it's funny, too, that when you talk about it that way, it actually even is a touch more realistic in that way. It is that many cases, right, like I'm stabbing you with a knife, I'm hitting armor, and then... I actually stab you like it's not just like you're gonna be like haha i have a knife in me and i keep on fighting you're like uh, it's like in my stomach and you collapse and drop right there on the ground and go unconscious so i mean i think in many ways to, to their point to the phb's point you know it, i think that it, it really does capture that point nicely yeah i think it's like it's like it's almost like two different points and i'm gonna i'm gonna use the fellowship of the ring the the movie version Near the end, when you have Boromir, when he when he tries to get the ring and then he realizes his mistake and he he becomes a son of Gondor again, which is a great scene. And in that same cushion. Right. And in that same scene, (laughs) in that same scene, uh, Aragorn comes in. Right. And he fights the the orc warlord, in essence. Right. So Boromir is like that idea of when you describe it of I'm just getting blasted with fucking arrows. And I'm literally have arrows sticking out of me while I'm attacking you. Right. And like, that's cool. And I'm blowing the horn. And then you have Aragorn who comes in and he's knocking arrows away with the sword and he's ducking blows. And he might take a kick from the guy, but he rolls out of the way and he comes up and swings and the sword hits the other sword. He's getting winded. He's getting fatigued. He's taking some level of damage, but it doesn't mean I just keep getting I hit you. You hit me. Right. And it's that and something that helps to create that concept of that cinematic narrative. Uh, I think that's that's really kind of where we're what we're getting after, I think. Yeah, the way you described where like you I hit you and you hit me it feels like like Final Fantasy one, the original one where my guys would run up, swing like six times, hit the monster. They take damage. They run up, hit us back, move back and, you know, rip, rinse and repeat. One of the tricky places with this, and you have to have that 
threat of death. You can't, unfortunately, at least blatantly, if you if your players catch on that you're like, you know, you've rigged someone not dying in a situation like that. I've seen DMs take a lot of heat for that. So you have to do it in other ways. So if you come out and issue that and say this person's taking a lot of damage and they're dying and you're going to leave it down to a save and suck situation, you could really have backed yourself into a corner. Now, I think another way to look at this also with hit points and uh, what they all mean is it's part of the classic win condition. So, you know, what is the classic D&D win condition? Well, I am going to keep fighting until the enemies are depleted of hit points before my team is completely depleted of hit points. And there are other ways to handle this. I think that's why one of the reasons why we like superhero games, because, you know, you're trying to stop a bomb from going off, saving a hostage, trying to protect someone, trying to stop a van from getting away with secrets. There's just other things. Yes, you have a lot of hit points, but it doesn't guarantee victory. So, Tony, you could you could answer this for me because you actually I never played any 4E, but. 4E had the bloodied condition, which which dealt with being uh, ha- half ha- or under your hit points, uh, whether PC or monster. Um, now, from what I understand, certain powers or effects or abilities you had could be utilized on something that had become bloodied, correct? Yes. I don't okay. remember the, the specific details on that, but I think there were some items or abilities or even character abilities, if I'm not mistaken. Right. I remember peeking at a monster generator where some monsters had like 1,600 hit points, and I'm like, ugh, this is why I'm going to play this anymore. Now, um, now did, did that go in the reverse at all? Did PCs have a bloodied condition, and did that affect them with any kind of conditions or something in that edition of the game? Not adversely. As okay. I recall, like some characters may have items or abilities that would allow them to trigger things, but which goes in line with the way 4E kind of was was a little more player centered. But but, yeah, I thought maybe that might be a way, you know, if people were interested in it with with certain conditions going off at like half or something, something very simple. That's not as much accounting for it. They did things like that in Dragon Age, which I thought was neat, where uh, if you got knocked down. Uh, you just get up and dust yourself off like you had a more lasting injury, which on the surface was kind of cool. You can get specific med kits or take specific healing to allow you to recover that rather than you just got mauled by a shark and took a long rest and you're fine. I thought that w- that was a, a nice touch to it. In the end, I think it all ends up being like it may be cinematic is better than mechanic. When it comes to this, I think the hit points kind of do a pretty decent job. And with a lot of that stuff, it complex is either going to complexify it or it's going to make it the, the players feel built apart. Like 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 you were talking about where you're like, I'm already got like a negative five. Like I might as well be knocked out anyway. Like you just whack yourself on the head with your hammer and collapse in the corner or something like that. Like you don't want to make it too oppressive or whatever like that. But I think that the way that we can describe these things can turn them like lean into action movies and stuff can help to make hit points represent something more, something cool, right? When you actually, you see Aragorn do all those things, all of a sudden those hit points represent something more than, Oh, you took a 10, you took 10 here and then you took eight here. Right. You know, it's like against this orc. So I brought that up just to, to get a sense. Cause some people, there are people who, are into that kind of thing where when things start going bad, it starts to accumulate and it starts to compound on itself. 
Scott is a great example of that. In the Woodstock game, we were fighting, Tony, you remember this encounter? We were fighting the corpse flowers, which was the first time we had actually encountered the corpse flowers. Oh, the dragon slayer. Yeah, and uh, they're, they're a pretty intense monster. And because of the way in which the battle went and the way that Thorne had described the battle and described how the corpse flower was attacking and stuff to Scott's character, Adelard, the bard, uh, he had decided to take on himself a lingering wound where his arm, his one arm was mangled. So he couldn't use a shield any longer. He couldn't use his bow any longer. He could just use his rapier. And Scott's into that type of thing. So that's a kind of character that would really like that or lingering wounds and stuff like that. And those things are there. But not everyone is going to like that. Right. It's Agreed. it's one of those things where we sit around and talk and like, oh, that sounds like it'd be really cool and it would be so immersive and people would get so into it because it would be so real and stuff. But then you don't know if it will feel that way at the table when you're the player, you know, and many times. And that's why we're always saying spend a lot of time behind the screen, but spend a lot of time on the other side, too, as a player and see what a lot of these things feel like. Before you just think like this is a great idea and everyone's just going to love it. And they, that's just how it is. But it's, it's like, what do hit boys represent? They represent whatever is the best fun at the table. Right. A little bit like that. Like you don't want it to get, you don't want it to get too much. You want to have realism there and stuff like that, but not too real. Right. Like how much uh, fun do you have left? Like, like <laughs> I have 34 like, fun left. Yeah. I have tetanus. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> And it does, you know, if, but I mean, I think that's a good point. If everybody wants to play it that way, then there is a ton of ways you can, we can tease out roles for luck and sanity and different things and everything like that. But it's really how deep you want to get with it. And they really handle it nicely that way. And I think like to the point is that sometimes maybe just a little bit of extra description makes it have that same thing without having to roll some extra dice or something like that. So. Yeah. No, back in the day when I was like the forever DM, I, I started my tradition of then planning one of my own NPCs into the game. So one, I could have a character if God forbid anybody else were happy to get behind the DM screen by accident. But also too, I got a really good feel on what, you know, how the treasures was, how the battles were. And it kind of let me like get the temperature but in terms of lingering wounds, it's all fun and games until somebody loses an eye. Well, in one game where I wasn't DMing, I lost an eye at level one. And it was done for me. Magical sword of wounding, and I couldn't recover from this injury. So I spent the next eight levels looking for a way to get my eye back in. Yeah, it was great. I mean, like, hey, you envision your character, you spend all this time making them, and then you you get maimed in game one. And it's like, okay, thank you for the DM inputs. <laughs> you know what you need? You need an eye patch. Yeah, I would say for for people that are, uh, if you're not familiar with it and you're into, hey, I think I want to play with this, play a couple sessions of something like Call of Cthulhu, something really brutally lethal. and uh, And if you dig it, then all out. But if you're like, holy crap, that's that's horrible. You know, like, like maybe maybe pull back then. That's a that's a nice uh, nice hot water test for that. So about that time, I think we've been talking about this uh, quite a while. I think this is something we could easily uh, break out into multiple episodes. But let's get to some final thoughts here of it, very simply, what do hit points represent to you in your game, and what would you like them to represent? Let's say. 
I think hit points have to represent, or at least ideally, how close the player is to seeing that game over screen. Uh, it represents tension in the combat, or at least it should. You should have players in a more heated battle have, and not every battle. Every battle doesn't have to be a fight to the death, or it's like a horror movie where there's no moments of levity. You won't be able to maintain that. But there has to be those times where your character feels threatened, and then they do something awesome, so it counts, and everyone you know has that hurrah moment. As far as can you know, players take hundreds of damage or they shot with 20 arrows and run over by a tractor and then mauled by a dragon and thrown, thrown off a cliff. I would handle that more cinematically. I would do the flavor in there. I like what Dave said about like or and Chris pointed out, like that last hit being like the one that really took you down opposed to I have 63 arrows in me. You mean you can count them. See, I was shot with all these arrows. I have 63 and then I go down. Can I use those arrows for my bow later? <laughs> yeah, that would be something. There's something. They're on my character. Ability to recover arrows out of yourself. But I mean, I think hit points, a good way to think of hit points or whatever, that would be like a burning fuse, right? It doesn't explode till it gets to the end there, but it's a good way to like, I'm throwing this fuse out for this monster in this session. And then everything else that kind of happens around it is cool, but it's a nice, easy way to be able to manage how much time is there? There's better ways to time this dynamite going off, more exact ways, but I'm going to have to learn how to do it. I'm going to have to have somebody playing. I'm going to have manuals. I'm going to need this technology and stuff. Sometimes I think for the speed and fun of it, depending on how you like to play it, though, I think it's a good, easy way. They represent a good, easy way to say to provide tension and to kind of give you a, you know, this is how much damage you do. Like, oh, wow, I did 15 damage, right? Like, it's, I think there's something to it. Like, it's just a, it's a cool, fun mechanic that's kind of at the core of the game a little bit. The core of the game is is absolutely right, Chris, because as we were talking about earlier, the history of D&D, like, it's easy to set, to look at something, something that's been invented and go, oh, well, if I was designing that today, I would do X, Y, Z. And that's great because there's a lot of games and a lot of systems, like we were saying, the Avatar Legend system, that was able to take everything that came before it and say, well, how do I want to design this from the from the ground up? And they baked that into the system. With something like D&D, we brought so much forward. There's a level of tradition in the game and a level of tradition that I think is is warranted and that we should honor all the way back to wargaming. So ideas like armor class and hit points are from that and we just bring them forward but that's the same reason that we honor traditions like magic <laughs> missile and wish right everyone likes those too those also came from the very earliest parts as well right so i think that's a that's a good point something that that tony has been doing uh that has helped because i think a lot of times what people are bothered with hit points is the the especially in 5e the absolute accumulation of them but learning something from the osr Tony started in the Ragnarok game for multiple reasons, but one of them being capping the hit points at a certain level to allow the characters to still get more powerful the way you would as a wizard or a fighter, but not become all of a sudden unkillable at the same point in time. I would say there's there's it really comes down with with the hit points. They represent what the player's handbook said. They represent all of it, the physical, the mental, the emotional, the luck, all of it, your will to fight and your will to survive. 
And it's how you want to envision that in your game, right? So how do you describe it and how would you want to ideally describe it? And I'll just finish off with that, that I think it's a great point that came to me while we were talking here was in Fellowship of the Ring, where you have Boromir and you have Aragorn. And it's two different DMs describing <laughs> those battles, right? So you have the pincushion guy of Boromir, right? Which is an awesome combat and battle. It's hard to explain away how that guy's going to get a long rest and wake up, though, right? It's easier to explain Aragorn, who's he got kicked and he rolled away and he came up and he stopped and he, he knocked the... The, the the arrow out of the air with his sword and he comes down and the guy's shield hits it. Dude, these are little micro traumas. He's going to be beat to shit at the end of the day, but he can like get up and he's like rough and tumble, but he's ready. He's going to go, you know, we're hunting orc, right? So those are two different ways you can approach this. But anyway, like I said, this is uh, the religion and politics of D&D is alignment and hit points, obviously. So Anyway, that's going to be it for us this week. Thanks again for coming by and listening. This is, again, this is us just kind of riffing on stuff that we're coming up with because we are DMs with problems and we like to help DMs with problems. So please, if you have any problem or any ideas or thoughts, send them in to us. You can get us at threewisedms.com, put it in the what's your problem field. You can reach out to us, threewisedms at gmail.com. Send us to a a direct email. You can obviously also, we talked about it, get us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're very, very active on those socials, always interacting. And I think for whatever hit points are, because you're probably going to have to roll them out each time if you do that, if you're not taking the average, uh, you're probably going to want to roll with some some really good dice. So I would check out our affiliate link at fanrolldice.com slash ref slash 2871 you get 10 percent off your order it's just there so do it for christmas presents or whatever great gifts are dice always and forever and as we do each week we are going to let our dear old erstwhile leader take us out and thank you all for listening from home to another episode of three wise dms we really appreciate all the support you've shown us if you like this episode if you, it would really help us if you were to give it a five-star rating in your podcast player tell your friends share it on social media all that stuff really helps us grow and we appreciate all of it again i mentioned it before but if you want to send us a question there's a lot of ways to do it on our website through email on social media we love answering reader questions so anything you want to hear us talk about please send it in and that's it for this week we'll see you next time on three wise dms